Hello and welcome to episode 44 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to inspire you to build your business your way. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I am once again joined by Tyrell Christians, who is a productivity and customer experience expert at her business, Success by Design. Welcome back to the show, Tyrell. Hi, Tammy. Thank you for having me back. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to telling my story today. I'm so excited to hear it as well. And listeners, in the last episode, Tyrell and I talked all about customer experience. So make sure to have a listen to that one if you missed it. It's full of advice on how you can improve your customer experience and also a lot of information around why that's so essential. So Tyrell, let's start at the beginning. It's usually a great place to start. So what was it that inspired you to start your business, Success by Design? Uh, so I uh, actually come from a home where we had uh, one or two businesses which weren't successful, okay? That's just way back in the day. But in a few years ago, while I was working, I actually decided to start a little side hustle and I produced a hip-hop instructional DVD, so not what I do right But here's the thing, I absolutely loved it. I loved the creativity of it and it it did quite well, though I never made a profit. You know, I sold some copies, I gave quite a few away and I was like, you know what, I do want to do this. I do want to do, have my own business. And then while I was finishing my MBA, I was working and it wasn't working out for me with this company. I just decided, you know what, I'm going to stay at home for a bit. I'm going to do my thesis, which was the last few months. And during that time period, I actually had, um, I was approached to start consulting for smaller businesses. And I just thought to myself, you know what, as I go into the new year, I've got to make a choice here. I'm either going to try and start that business that I always wanted to start now, or I'm going to go back into corporate, sit on my bum and order people around and make a hell of a lot more money than I did before. And I took the smart move. <laughs> I chose to start my business. <laughs> well done. Absolutely. I love that. I love hearing that it started with a side hustle that I was not expecting to hear. Um, <laughs> is it still available? Can we put a link in the show notes to your hip hop no, no. instructional this DVD? Was so long ago, it was on DVD. <laughs> Oh man, I really, I hope that one day that appears on YouTube, Tyrell. I think that that would be wonderful. I'm, I'm not in the video. Are you not? I'm, I'm the creator and producer, you know. Oh. Doing what I simply did, I had a vision, I had an idea and I executed. <laughs> That's amazing. Although I'm going to pretend that it was you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and since it's on DVD, we will never know the difference. <laughs> So it's really interesting. So you made, you actively made the decision to pursue your consultancy and your own, your own path through small business rather than going back through corporate. When it came to actually moving from employment to small business, can you talk a little bit around what that kind of decision-making process looked like for you? Because I know that any of the listeners out there who are maybe in that side hustle phase that you mentioned, where it feels like really daunting to make that decision. Was there anything that 
you know, do do you have anything that you can share around the decision making process for you? Uh, of course. I mean, this was a very important uh, an important time in my life. So for me, it was hard to actually step out of corporate. I mean, I started many years ago. Uh, I never went to college. I had to study while I worked because I just needed to do that in terms of earning money while I study. And from there, I worked my way up the corporate ladder. So I was at this place where I was earning so much more money than what I could actually use in one month, but I was very stressed out and it it becomes quite hard at that point. You know, you, you spend a lot of hours working in corporate, you're talking millions, you're talking billions. Uh, Things are great. Things are fancy. I've got nice suits, you know, I've got lots of money, but it's not that passion part. What am I doing? I'm doing stuff that, you know, it's just numbers on a page. And I wanted to be more connected. So part of that decision, I was actually looking at financially what I could do in terms of cutting down and how I would live because realistically no business makes it like in a wonderful way from the word go. And I knew that. I, I completely knew that. Um, as well as it's, it was, there was some family pressure because most of my family all work for companies. And in our culture, uh, it's like get a job, get a great job. You're great at that job. But really, really do we actually just going out and being entrepreneurs ourselves? Also, depending on what you do most of the time. And it's just how the economy is down here. So it was a bit odd to do it. And it felt like a big, brave step. But I decided because that was the point where I, first time in my life, probably in 18 years, that I had taken a break from work. I'd always had a job. I'd went from one job to the other job to the other job, no break. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to be that typical millennial. I'm going to take a break. (laughs) You know, I'm going to, yeah, I spent extra time in Europe. Um, doing um, courses, seeing, uh, visiting family. Um, and I just decided, you know what? So I don't have a problem having a break on my CV. I might as well, if I don't do this now, when am I going to do it? Once I get, if I get back in corporate, I'm going to go all the way, you know? However, if I don't do this now, because I can always get a job. That's the thing. Yeah. I always get a job. There's always some corporate out there. You know, there's no, there's no guarantee that anything's going to happen, but I needed to try it. And one of the best things ever was when I first started being at home, I had friends tell me, wow, your face looks younger. <laughs> they were very serious about this. This is how bad it was. You know, obviously when you're in corporate, you have health issues as well, stress issues. hmm and those just got better and now when I look at the type of lifestyle that I have look I currently earn way less than what I do in corporate yeah my business is sustainable it's growing I'm happy about that but it's not that type of money but my level of happiness and excitement it's never been this high it's it's probably been this way when I was in my early 20s you know, when I first got excited about work, now I'm so psyched to actually help small businesses grow, become sustainable. And I love it because I can see what I'm doing is making a difference in someone else's actual life. That for me is the biggest reward. So yeah, it's sort of easy <laughs> to make that. It's hard to make the decision at first. Let me put it that way. 
But as you walk the path and you you start to sort of live in that truth, it just becomes easier and you just feel better about it and you feel you love it kind of thing. That's sort of my journey. I absolutely love that. I love the fact that you took the opportunity to take a break when you did because that alone can feel like a big decision. Um, And I feel like taking a break can be very much based on the financial situation, whereas starting a small business is more of a passion situation. And I feel like you can almost because one feels more transactional and the other's more emotional, it's easier to go, oh, I'm going to take a break because I'm financially supported instead of going, I need to leave my job and start my own business because I'm so passionate. I know I can make this work, but actually both of them have different benefits. And like you said, I mean, I cannot count the number of people that I have spoken to in the small business world who left corporate because of health issues, because of stress related issues, because they didn't want to be slogging away day in, day out for however many hours plus commute with people that just didn't quite share that passion that they had. And like, you know, I love having these interviews because seeing the way that you're smiling and seeing the passion (laughs) that you talk with and seeing the glass of wine listeners is just, yeah, I'm my own It's just wonderful. And I don't think that I, I never felt or experienced that kind of fiery passion when I was in corporate with anyone. So hearing that part of your story, I think is wonderful. And it's really interesting that when the cultural pressures, I guess, kind of have an impact on your decision as well. Did you find that it was harder to make that decision because it was a bit more unusual to be out running your own business or did it not actually impact you? It was more other people's reaction. Um, it was other people's reaction. Some out of concern because in my family and in a large part of my friend group, uh, unless you're, yeah, we don't, we don't really become entrepreneurs. We become contract workers. We become, um, consultants, but we don't really step out fully and become entrepreneurs as in I'm opening a business, it's it's privately incorporated and I'm going to sell more products than just my consulting service to one company. But because I had also somewhat prepared a bit for it financially, I was able to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to cut down these luxuries and I'm going to live on this budget for this period. And I had little markers in place. You know, I, I was like, okay, when I get to this point, I know I need to stop Joe hunting. Or when I get here, I'm prepared to do this. So so you need that conversation. And I also, um, I saw a coach, uh, which was f- fantastic for me. You have to have somebody you work with because also coming out of the zone of working in corporate for 14 years, I only knew myself in a suit. I did not know the small business market initially. I thought I did. But it's actually very different um, than what I thought it was when you're in it. And I needed to also um, wrap my mind around is how I was going to present myself as a business owner. How could I reinvent my current service offering into the market that I ideally wanted to go into? And initially, I didn't attract small business owners. I spoke still with very big words in a very corporate way. And I drew, <laughs> I drew in more of the corporate-like clients that I had initially. 
which was fantastic financially, but it wasn't ideal, ideally where I was going with this. But I wanted to adjust more and more in because I do believe that you can be very successful in the small business world. And with that success that I was wanting, I would know that it would be coming with the growth of other businesses with that because that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to help other people grow their business. Yeah, I think that that's fantastic. And it's really interesting what you touched on there with the difference between the corporate world and the small business world, because I feel like there are plenty of people who leave corporate and expect small business to literally be a reduced size of corporate, but exactly the same. Like it's still the corporate world, but you'll be dealing with one person. And I'd love to know kind of from your experience, at least here in the UK, it's completely different. Like the attitudes are different, the way that um, a lot of the small business community, not all, because will still be corporate serving small businesses Mm -hmm. but a lot of small businesses they have all of these new ideas and attitudes and it moves so much quicker than corporate did you Mm -hmm. find that as well I did but I was also lucky to have been in IT spaces where we moved a lot faster than what we would in a corporate space I think that helped me transition um, a lot easier and I also I move faster than what it was corporately. And I think also as I was uh, sort of growing in my corporate career, I was agitated by how slow things were getting. I felt like things were getting slower where I was ready to ramp up. You know, I wanted things to be faster, so to say. Um, But definitely the same um, on my side of the world as in the UK. Um, It's very different. I mean, and one of the great pleasures that I've had actually stepping into the smaller Market is number one. Um, having to do some of the things I haven't done in years again myself, like create a website, you know, like uh, basic technical stuff. Um, and and then also discovering a whole bunch of technology that I did not know existed. So I'm really used to, from the core things, the larger names that you know, like people talk about Salesforce, Fresh Desk. You know, these names, Oracle, everybody seems to know because they pay for the advertising. They can totally be above the line. But there's actually a huge amount of smaller software out there that is so great for the smaller business at a great price point. And I feel like I've had a whole new world open up to me. Yeah, I'm a bit of a geek. <laughs> I try and automate where I can, but hey, I do productivity. And that's the thing. That's, that's part of it. Um, and it's wonderful to see uh, how these smaller companies have really grown. And it, and it gives us an opportunity to actually get out there and say, you know, with this, the entire business, small business can grow. I don't know if you realize, but in South Africa, of the working population actually work in the small business industry. Oh, really? Yeah. And like South Africa is like the rest of the world, where the bigger corporate known names, they actually occupy a much smaller amount of the workforce. Most of us in in our countries actually work in smaller businesses. We don't realize it when we think of it initially, but yeah, only so many people work in corporates. Most of us work in small business. That's really interesting. I never realized that. I should probably look into the stats. That's me not being uh, being mildly ignorant there because, yeah, it's it's fascinating to see now how big the small business community is now that I'm in it. But when I was in the corporate world, like I had no inkling that there was a small business community that was anything like that. Like when I was growing up, my experience of small business owners was either the Avon lady 
<laughs> used to come around with a catalogue or it was more agricultural and it was more small businesses that were like family businesses and it wasn't wow. something that I considered because my family didn't run their own business so yeah it's interesting I didn't realize that that's incredible I'm gonna have to look at the stats for the UK actually and see what the difference is but I won't do that while we're while we're recording <laughs> or I'll get distracted no, it's, it's cool I mean I completely I had the same experience and and what I think is what my initial friend group and family also had was that we were used to the bigger names we were we were used to you know you, you had a job and you were went from one corporate to another but actually no there's a much bigger world out there and it's, it's exciting that's fascinating yeah that's wonderful so yeah and and the opportunity with that as well if you're a small business who works with other small businesses like that's that's a beautiful stat to know oh yeah <laughs> Perfect. So when it comes to your business journey as a whole, so you've been in business, was it 18 months? Yeah, I started in May 20, no, sorry, June 2019, May 2019. So in that time, are there any particular hardships or successes that really took you by surprise along the way? Well, I was surprised initially that I landed a few clients Uh, that were as big as they were but I had just come out of corporate and it was quite easy to land these clients who won the peripheral of corporate wanting the type of you know they did business as well with the people that I had worked with previously so so that was a great surprise and encouragement and like you know spurred me along Um, then I was I was surprised the hard one of the hardships I had was actually adjusting um, and in terms of how I position myself in the small business market. So what I do in corporate is called strategy, you know, and, and when I use, I say things like customer experience, uh, I'm speaking to a room who knows what it's about when I say customer experience and, and productivity. They understand that that means more productive, less use of resources, more profit, you know, they, and they, they understand that. And in the small business world, I, I realized that not everybody was as business uh, fluent in terms of those technical terms as I would have thought. And I had to change how I presented uh, myself and my services so that they could understand how it could be useful to them. So that was quite a hardship for me and a major adjustment. I would say to you, I'm, I think I'm over the hump of it, but I'm still definitely adjusting as, as we go about because, well, understanding and servicing my customers is important to me. Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting as well, what you've said about being business fluent, because in the last episode that we recorded together, we were talking a lot around customer experience and we were talking about how it is something that bigger businesses do. And I think that there are there is terminology in the corporate world that isn't used in the small business world, mm-hmm. although the activity, the tasks, whatever you want to call it, actually are. So things like you were saying, like customer experience, we don't necessarily as small business owners sit there and go, I'm going to look at my customer experience. We sit there and go, how are my customers feeling? What was the last testimonial I got? So it's all of these different approaches that would in a corporate setting go under the title of customer experience. So yeah, it's really interesting hearing it from yourself that it's almost like you had to learn a slightly different dialect of the same language. Oh, definitely. And I mean, a lot of people confuse customer experience and customer service. 
as well. And like we said also previously, customer service is actually the reaction. How politely you solve my problem once I've verbalized it or made you aware of it. Whereas customer experience is understanding how you're experiencing my services and making sure that I'm preempting um, what needs to happen there. So, I mean, they give you really different insights and, and really different stats around it. So when it comes to how your business has changed since you originally started up, do you now, knowing what you know now from the way that your services work from and switching, like you said, from more corporate clients, even though they were independent, down to small businesses, have you found that your services have adapted hugely in that time or is it still pretty much on track to what you, what you were envisioning? Well, for me, I think it's adapted hugely. Uh, uh, when I look at when I initially started, I did a lot more consulting itself, which was one-on-one. However, my price was a lot higher. And that was also fine pre-COVID times. Some of the smaller businesses could afford that. However, with COVID coming into play, the way that I would actually provide my services now is all online, whereas it used to be in person uh, before this. Uh, so that's changed. That's impacted because we have to be realistic about where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, also, now that I've moved and I've tried to make my services more accessible to my small business market, uh, taking into account economically what we're all going through with the pandemic, I've lowered prices as well as I've introduced different products so that they can access it easier. So even if you can't afford a face-to-face or online consulting session with me, uh, you can read blogs that I've written, you can use products that I'm using, and I do earn a, a commission off those products if you buy using my affiliate codes. And you could possibly do one of my training courses, which is a is a lot less than actually hiring me to consult in your business. So once you see benefits out of those items, my hope is, and this is my customer journey, is that it's going so well and you're making this money that eventually you're booking time with me because it's affordable, you're seeing results, and then we're having an elevated conversation because guess what? You know about customer experience, you know about process, you know about communication, you know about a little bit more about the tools. In fact, you're even using some of the tools already. So now you're ready for next level stuff. I love that. It's all about that value and that education base, isn't it? And I think that that's something that often takes us by surprise when we move from corporate to small business because it's almost like having to re-educate yourself that other people don't necessarily know or understand to any level what it is that you do and provide. So you really do need to be able to simplify it and build it up sometimes build up to the point where they are ready to work with you if you don't work with startups if you don't work with people who aren't familiar with your services or what it is that you do so yeah that's really interesting and I love multiple income streams I think that that's really one of the ways that you can just be successful in business is to have those so yeah affiliates all of that good stuff (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, we, we completely have to do it. And I'm just, like I said, I'm so lucky that I have found um, some software products because it's all software related um, that is actually suitable for the small business market because actually I use a lot of them myself right now. Um, and knowing that you can bring this in, like simple things like being able to book a meeting online, uh, automatically automating your email process. Uh, it's amazing. To me, it's amazing. But when given the landscape of small business and you're thinking about it, if you are, for example, a group of doctors running a practice, 
email might be the last thing on your mind. Collecting email addresses and taking advantage of that could be the last thing on your mind. Or even if you are a family business and you maybe have a restaurant or two, how you're structuring your financials is not something you're thinking about in terms of how you could benefit tax-wise. So these skills and, and talking about it sort of more plainly allows me to actually communicate so much better to somebody. This is the value that I can add to you. I can show you how I can create value. So let's sit down and talk. These are the tools we used in big business. Let me bring them to you now because you should have a big business too. Well, this is it. Every big business starts as a small business. Exactly. I mean, all the big names did. And all they did to cross over, if you think about those guys, like you think about Richard Brands and think about Bill Gates, they couldn't do anything more than their current skill set, but they got in people to help them, you know, to help them manage this big business. And that's how they grew. There's only one way to grow your business, and that's actually to, to bring in people and work with people who's going to help you do that. Oh, 100%, because you know, as much as we would all love to think that we're incredibly skilled in every aspect of business, one, we don't have time in the day for that. My goodness, like there's wine to drink and food to be had um, and relaxing to do. But, and also, do you really want to spend all of your time in your business doing the doing? Or do you want to be spending some of that time focusing on building your business that comes next? And you can't focus on the future if you're doing everything yourself. So outsourcing to an expert to fill in the gaps that you don't have in skill set or mindset or whatever, or productivity is a brilliant way to make sure that your business is going to be moving forward. Because one thing that you cannot, you can never get back is time. If you are an expert um, at marketing, why are you doing your own accounting? You know, if you are an expert at baking, why are you doing your own marketing? Yes, yes, exactly. I will say that there is, yeah, we're going to go down a whole other conversation. <laughs> and this is about you. Um, we'll save those for another day. But okay. um, bringing it back around to your business. So I love hearing about how your business has grown and developed over time. I think that that's absolutely wonderful. I also really enjoy hearing more around kind of the personal aspect of your business and your branded aspect. So can I ask you, your company name, Success by Design, how did you choose your business name? You're already laughing, so I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> okay, so for me, it's a bit of a play on words. So firstly, um, I am a planner. You know, I plan everything. My diary is chock and block full. I will even plan my shopping list out and so forth. So for me, and and one of the and, and saying you're running a planning and strategy, you know, in a name, it's so horrible. Um, but I also have this creative component. So I am a design thinking practitioner, which basically means that I look at creative ways of problem solving. And it's one of the things that I um, actually train and facilitate in business. So design is, a, is, is functional, actually. It's not just about how pretty something looks. It's about how it functions, like in architecture. It's how you use it. And it also can be another word for planning. Mm -hmm. And success is where we all want to be. And I know for a fact that if you're planning to grow a sustainable business, and not have a fluke one shot, make a couple of sales, make a million and make nothing after that, is that you've got to design that box. So I completely believe in success by design, 
planning equals opportunities equal business growth. Hence the name, Success by Design. I love that. I love it. I think that it just, yeah. I, I love hearing the stories behind it. I think that that's fantastic. I love how excited you are about it as well. <laughs> I love it because to me, in those three simple words, it says so much. You know, um, some people think that businesses or successful businesses or people who are successful in their career get there by accident. You know, ugh, maybe you were born into money. Maybe you know the right people or anything. Anybody that got anywhere worth getting worked hard. In some way or another, they worked hard for that position. So it, it was never fluky. Any flukes possibly could be like, I don't know, but everybody that I know that is successful or that other people deem to be successful, they're hard workers. It's been planning. It's been working. And that is actually the most, uh, what is the word, secure, definite way of getting ahead. Instead of planning to win the lottery, you could get the skills needed, be determined and start your business. Yeah, it's that whole consistency, isn't it? Is it? If you are consistent and you show up and you do the work and adapt when you need to, there's no reason why any business can't be successful in whatever way you deem that to be. Exactly. And I mean, we've had businesses be created out of the, some people think the silliest things. I forget what this is called at the back of myself and what is it a pop socket oh a pop socket it's like the um yeah I don't have one but I think it's like it's like a little plastic device that you attach to the back of your phone isn't it? so you can hold your phone I think somebody is running a very successful factory because they came up with this little idea simple useful product yeah I also think of the ones where um so my mum has recently got a puppy and I don't mind leaning into this stereotype. I throw like a girl, like I am terrible at throwing anything. And my mum, <laughs> that's where I get it from. So the person who developed the, like the slingshot extendo thing that you put the ball in one end and you just sling it and it just sends the ball traveling miles. So your dog can go chasing after it. Yeah. That's such an ingenious idea but it's such a simple thing exactly and we still have those ideas are down and but the only way to get to it is actually to well explore your own creativity and get out of your comfort zone look at there are so many services i mean look at i hate to use the big guys as examples but like look at facebook they made a fortune of a friend application they turned that business into a wonderful asset in terms of its database yeah, which is now a daily thing for most of the people across the world. Yeah, it's one of the things that spurred on the social media revolution. I don't know whether we should thank them for that or not, but hey, <laughs> we'll save that for another day. We were all loving it at some point, so. True, true. I'm just, I said this to someone the other day. I am so incredibly grateful I wasn't a teenager with social media. Like I was before that and I'm so grateful for it. <laughs> no, same year, same year. I think I got my first cell phone at like 18, 19, 20, something like that. I'm also incredibly grateful though that it is available now as a small business owner. So, you know, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Completely. <laughs> but I mean, you, you don't need to just have big ideas. You can have small ideas and make huge amounts of money yeah. and be so happy. I mean, a simple thing is if you can bake bread really well, People will buy. 
people will travel far. They will order, they will freeze it. People will buy. You do something really well. You can turn it into a business. If you do something really well and have an excellent customer experience. Yes, you can. (laughs) You can build a hugely, a wildly successful business. I absolutely agree. Um, Right, we're going to bring it back around to you. Okay. So um, let's talk a little bit more around your branding. So you're very much around strategy and had such a clear idea for your name. So when it came to actually visually branding and creating your website, was that something that you did yourself or is that something that you have invested in at any stage? I have invested. So my setup, my website's pretty simple. It's WordPress based, which is a tooling template. I'm sure everybody probably knows about that. But um, I had my graphics design. I had um, there are certain plugins that are paid for that I invested in. Um, so there was there's a, there's a huge component that that was invested from like I don't do any graphics, I outsource those things. And obviously I got advice in terms of my naming, my branding. I didn't just choose the name out of a box, eh? I was passing names around, um, looking at what resonated, but I also had to pick a name that completely resonated with me. Like some people will say, uh, the coloring of your branding. I needed something that was for me electrifying, which people could respond to, as well as that I could live with for a long time. So my plays and, and my coloring around the rose gold, it is, is, is speaks to that because it's your own business and you have to do that sort of blend of what I want plus you know, what the feedback's telling me. I couldn't pop out there with a normal blue logo, uh, which we know says trust. You know, that's the color of trust. But everybody has a blue logo. I don't want to be mistaken for an insurance company. And I wanted to appear in a certain way. I wanted to know, I want you to know I'm smart, I'm edgy, I'm creative. You know, I wanted those things known. And and that's what I wanted my website to represent, that I am dynamic. So did you invest right off the bat for your branding or did you have your business was your business established for a little while beforehand I love to hear what the difference between a visual brand can have on the impact of either your business or your mindset so that's kind of why I'm asking Uh, oh okay well I did invest initially for me that was important it was something that I knew to be important and and maybe it's from my corporate days but I believed it was quite important I guess now I possibly would reinvest I don't know if I'm 100% in agreement with my icon, but I, I do like charts, you know, so it's like sort of a play on charts. I also just did a bit more. Would I reinvest right now? I'd love to actually like brands and apparel. That would be cool. Yeah. Gonna launch merchandise next hour. <laughs> but no, no, that's just, you know, for, yeah, inclined. <laughs> but Yes, I do believe in investing initially off the bat, whether it is, and it can be a small amount because I know that you can you can do things um, online or with people for much smaller amounts, but you also don't have to start with a brand, a logo, if you don't have one in mind yet. You know, don't, don't rush to it because the business has to be there. The quality, you know, the product has to be there. Doesn't, it doesn't need to even have a proper name yet. If you have that service and you're doing things, I mean, there's lots of people we know who have side hustles, 
they don't have official sites and logos or so forth, but if I need my piece fixed, I'm going to call this dude. Or if I need this done, I'm going to call this guy. But at some point, yes, you do want to, if you want to take things serious and you want to get out there, you're going to need to do banding. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with both sides of that. The first one being that you're... If you have a good service and a good product, um, then your brand will help you build on that, but it doesn't make it like the service is the thing at the end of the day. Like you're not selling your brand as a small business, you're selling the product or service that you offer. But also, yeah, it is worthwhile investing when you get to a certain point because it can make a big difference to not just how you're perceived, but how you feel about your business as well. Definitely. And and can I just add, like a, a lot of people don't realize something, that it's not just about a logo and coloring. It's also about the types of graphics that you choose to represent yourself, like on your banner pages in social media. Yeah. So, so even that cover page is also part of, um, that cover shot is part of what you need to look at when you do your branding. You know, what picture is going to represent my business across multiple social media platforms? When they Google you, that's the first thing they're also going to see. Yeah, I absolutely agree. When we're talking about branding or when I talk about branding in particular on this podcast and anywhere else that you may find me, it's never just about one element. A brand is very much like customer experience. A brand experience is all about how you are being perceived at every touch point, like wherever they find you, however they find you. Um, which is why it's always helpful. Here's a top tip, listeners. Make sure that you Google yourself and your business name at least once a year so you can see what's coming up. Because if you've recently rebranded, if you've changed your business, you really need to be keeping on top of what people will come across when they're not going direct to your website. Definitely. Just a little tip, just to throw that one in there. Awesome. So when it comes to marketing, um, this is, yeah, this is one of the questions that I love to ask because everyone is different. Um, So what would you say has been either your most effective or your favorite way of marketing your business? Okay, so I initially started out as your typical network marketer. Mm -hmm. I was networking with old friends that I worked with and I would come and visit you at work and I would plan some work or something. I'd meet someone for coffee or drink and that's how I was getting work. COVID happened. And I switched over and I joined a professional business networking group okay. to also help me adjust into a small, small business market. But I also went heavily into LinkedIn. With social media being such an option for us, I, I chose to grow my profile and get people in the business world to know me on the LinkedIn platform as my very, very first one platform out there. Initially, I used to have to schedule time in my calendar to actually sit on LinkedIn and make posts and communicate with people, you know, recognize what they were doing and and grow a community around me. Now it comes automatically. And I think it's important that you you go all in on at least one platform if you're starting out. Now, why do this, you might ask, versus why don't you just pay for ads? Well, I can pay for ads, but I'm a new company. I'm at that stage where paying for ads just gets me my face everywhere, but it actually has a really low conversion rate, like amount of customers picking through and coming through. Right? I first needed to establish a reputation for myself. Um, 
right now, if you're a big company like an insurance company or bank, they can see your logo and they'll click and they know exactly what you're about. That's also a bit of the psychology, um, you know, the STEMI behind that. But for me personally, I needed to get out there and I needed to earn trust. And I'm still in that stage. In LinkedIn, I'm, I'm pretty good, you know, but now, <laughs> now I'm also reaching out and I'm, I'm starting to develop my profile in terms of Instagram. And this is just so that the customers that I want to work with can get comfortable with seeing me and understanding me because customers need to build trust before they'll actually review your business, especially what I do. Yes. Yeah. So my initial approach and my current approach mostly right now is yes, invest in your branding. I will invest to have graphics done and those things made, but marketing wise, I do organic social media marketing. Fantastic. I think that that's really, it's really interesting. I know that networking is something that I believe a lot of people, you know, I built my business initially through networking. Um, that face-to-face really was integral. And it's interesting to hear that instead of taking that through directly to just online networking, you've actually almost pivoted slightly to harness LinkedIn as a social platform rather than, or as a networking platform, I should say, rather than just switching to online networking. So yeah, that's interesting. Thank you for sharing that. No, pleasure. I mean, I, I'm doing both, but I'm actually getting, I've gotten quite a bit of work through LinkedIn. So I think it's worth mentioning, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that LinkedIn is a, (laughs) it's like the Marmite for a lot of small businesses. It's like you either love it or you hate it. And yeah, it's something that I've, I want to say, like I've started picking up again recently. It's only been like three days, guys. We're recording this on a (laughs) Wednesday and I started on Monday, but I have been enjoying it so far this week. So We'll see how that goes. I might, <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. But yeah, it is interesting. And now you're branching out into Instagram as well, which I don't think you could probably find a platform that was so different to LinkedIn than Instagram. So interesting to following your journey on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still busy um, figuring out sort of defining myself in the Instagram space. Um, well, you you know that on every platform, you, you have to decide how you're going to, present yourself to your customer and it has to sort of suit the platform. I mean, I can't go with my business speech like I would on LinkedIn and take that to Instagram. People don't want that. No, I would I don't want that on LinkedIn. You know, I've got to be, you've got to be relatable. And and this is where sort of like uh, marketing advice comes in, the strategic advice comes in a lot more about what I'm doing marketing wise than than actually, you know, paying for ad space. I think that's 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 the important thing that I, I say to people. This is Thinking about your, your profile and how you're presenting yourself is, is quite important, especially on the social media channel. I absolutely agree. And also, like we were saying both earlier and in the previous episode, it's a lot of it is how your customers will respond to those posts as well. So one last question for you today, Tyrrell, is if you could offer the listeners one bit of advice from your business journey, and I understand that there's usually a hundred things that you want to share But if there's one key piece of advice that you could offer them today, what would that be? Follow your gut. Every time that I was trying to make decisions and look outside of myself for approval or uh, sort of input into it, it was things that maybe people were advising me to do and people that didn't actually know what I I wanted to do business-wise, you know, and it wasn't working out and, and, I regret some of the time that I spent pursuing those angles, but whenever I did something that was 
me for my business. Obviously, I had done research and things like that, but not needing other people's approval, I, I did those and came up with those strategies or all those activities. It, it worked out so much better, you know. It, it's, there was definitely came into fruition so much easier. So definitely follow your gut. It's important. I think that that's fantastic advice. I think that that's a wonderful piece to leave this on today. So um, where can the listeners find more about you, Terrell? Okay, so you can definitely find me on LinkedIn. It's Terrell Christian hash MBA. That's me. I, I will be the one there with a big smiling face. Um, and then I am uh, branching out on Instagram, which is success by design sa i've got a youtube account that you can see some how to's and some uh, videos on some products uh, that i offer and yeah you'll find me on facebook but i'll be honest with you i'm observing um, business owners more on facebook than i'm doing anything else uh, and my website please visit and uh, book a, a free call or chat uh first 15 30 minute conversation you know Get a sense of me. Uh, and that is successbydesign.co.za. And I will put all of the links in the show notes so the listeners can come and find you on whichever platform they prefer. Thank you again, Tara. I've absolutely loved hearing more about you and your business today. It's just been glorious. Oh, thank you so much, Tammy, for having me. I mean, it's, it's been an amazing experience. This is my first podcast. Well, uh, the other day was my first podcast. This is the second time I've but the same person. I don't think it counts. The first podcast I've ever done. <laughs> well, it's been absolutely delightful to have you here and the energy that you've brought has just been wonderful. So thank you for that as well. I don't know if it's the wine, but I'm sure it's just how you are. Oh, we've been speaking too much. <laughs> we've been talking too much. Not too much. This is an audio format. Thank you so much for joining me. And listeners, join me back here next Tuesday and Thursday for more conversations about building your brand and your business. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review if you're enjoying the show as it helps us to grow. And until next time, head over to our Instagram or Facebook communities with the links in the show notes and we can continue the conversations in the Brand Lounge. 